0: Well, happy Friday, my friends. Yeah, yesterday, I tried to give her a go. Uh, Went to bed Wednesday night with a little tickle in the throat. And then when I had woken up uh, Thursday morning at about 3.30, just been waking up a little earlier uh, ever since the little change around here. Uh, Woke up at 3.30 and um, tried to give her the old college try. Couldn't really get my voice going. Uh, Still drove into work. Was getting ready to uh, hop on the air. And as as the wee... Hours of the morning progressed, I realized I just couldn't quite do it. Had to piece together something quick, as uh, you can hear my voice today. It's gotten better, but yesterday, you couldn't have heard me at all. As uh, uh, It wasn't a solar flare that took down over the line yesterday, as uh, at and went down across the nation. It was no solar flare. It was just a bioweapon that uh, tried to penetrate my body. So you can hear it in the voice a little bit today, but we're going to soldier on nonetheless for this uh, Friday edition. So bear with the voice. We'll make some fun out of it. We'll have a good time, uh, as there's a lot to get to today. And uh, also, um,
1: real quick, RJ. Good morning, brother. Good hey, morning. What's happening? Thanks for coming in early. I appreciate yeah, not that. A problem. What's there's going on? You said uh, you let me know yesterday what was going on, so I figured. Did you get well, any extra gonna... sleep over it, or, or are you always up at that time? No I'm always what. up at that time. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. at work. I was at work trying to piece together something, and uh, I messaged RJ. I'm like, "Hey, dude, I'm not gonna be able to do it today. The voice is gone. <laughs> Just sleep in." And then uh, RJ is a victim or a, a creature of habit, I should say, right? RJ, yeah. No sleeping in for him. Yeah, yeah. it was not no bad. solar flare yesterday. I, 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 a couple people asked, "Was it a solar flare that took us out?" No, it was just uh, it was just the lack of voice. Do you have AT&T? No. Yeah, neither do
1: I. I didn't have that issue yesterday. I didn't have the issue either. I mean, um, people were sending emails around the office being like, hey, if you can't reach me today, it's like, how about you come into work then? <laughs> also, it's you just sent an email. Yeah. What, What'd uh, you send that from? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You sent an email that said, if you can't reach me today, here's why. You, you my, my brother and sister in Christ, you just sent an well, email.
1: I guess if you're at home and you have uh, the Wi-Fi up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's Wi-Fi just about everywhere, too. Yeah. Well, Yeah, I mean, I was never affected
0: by it. I know a lot of people are bitching about it. Um, I, a solar flare or not, then I saw some organizations say it was unlikely that a solar flare Caused the cell phone outage across the, the U.S. of A. Remember when we used to have solar flares like on air? I do. It was the the N A. It was the NOAA, the National Oceanic, uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, said unlikely that it was a solar flare. We used to get solar flares in here. Yeah, but it usually just only happened when Scotty would call in, and there'd be like a, this this pop or this burst of air. It sounded like when Scott would call in. <laughs> I was still trying to figure that one out, uh, but also yesterday with all the the quote unquote solar flare that was taking everything out. They landed another um, a, a little uh, unmanned thing on the moon for the first time in oh. forever. I don't know if you saw that. I forget. No. Like, uh, uh, it's not called Odyssey, but it's something like that. Something like that, yeah. How can, all, how can half of America's cell phones be out, but they're still landing something on the moon? How about they, that? They had to shut it down so it could land. Is that what happened? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm like, damn, you are landing something on the moon. Well, I can't even FaceTime someone from uh, across the room. If I had AT&T. Well, good on that. Uh, So, a lot to get to today. There's a lot, RJ, there's a lot of hope happening right now this week in Wisconsin. I was thinking about this. So, you look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Their first spring training game is going to be tomorrow against the Padres. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, he is back. People are excited about that. Reese Hoskins, a a new addition, obviously. Gary Sanchez just got finalized yesterday. So, Gary Sanchez there. Uh, You got a lot of hope for the Milwaukee Brewers coming in with uh, Pat Murphy. And then... um, Yeah, Wisconsin basketball, they got the win on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. so that's got to feel good. You got a week off to think about that. You go to Indiana on Tuesday to take on the Hoosiers. You got hope because the Badgers won. And then yesterday, speaking of hope, this is, I think, the biggest hope people have always had in Wisconsin sports. The Green Bay Packers, Jeff Hafley, his introductory press conference yesterday, and people getting real fired up. About you know Halfley coming in and this defense,
1: the dude did you did you get to see it, him or I, no uh, or see pictures heard, or some clips? Heard part of it. Uh, you know his whole and I think you just played it right before we got on air here. The whole I get to come into work at Lambeau every day. Yeah, the mecca of football. <laughs> that, he says the mecca of football.
0: Now. Um, I wouldn't disagree with him just because you know I'm a Packers fan. Right. And when you walk into Lambeau Field, does that place not freaking smack you with history? It it's does. like right when you walk into Lambeau, it's that thing that hits you right in the face, you're like, damn, this is a historic, historic place. And you'll get that with other other venues as much as you do with Lambeau Field. Um, you will go in and you can just hear the feel the tradition just like floating through the air. I've never been to um, like US Bank Stadium, for example. When you go there, I don't think you're getting hit with uh, tradition or hit with uh, anything historic right there. I know no. it's a newer, yeah. a newer venue, but you're not getting hit with anything that's like, you're getting hit with modernization of America. The birds are getting hit with large paints of glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. PETA, to their chagrin, the birds are getting hit with something, and that's <laughs> the large paints of glass <laughs> that are taking them down at literally neck-breaking paces right there. <laughs> Dude, I mean, how cool... Like, RJ, do you remember the first time you went to the Lambeau Field or just every time you go to the Lambo
1: Field, what it feels like when yeah, you walk in there? It was for a preseason game. Uh, my first time there. Uh, my buddy's family has had season tickets since, like, the 20s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, their family tradition. has passed them down. Um, and we were s- sitting... Their seats are in one of the end zones. And you know we're sitting there blah and then during the middle like middle of warm-ups we're sitting down and my buddy's dad leans over and he goes this goal line we're sitting on right here that's where bart star crossed over in the ice bowl." i was like what?
0: i love the ice bowl stories the and ice it, bowl you stories. know it's
1: it's their august and it's hot as hell and you get a shiver down your spine but yeah. it's like oh, <laughs> like,
0: oh whoa, whoa, well, look whoa. at that yeah i mean Lambeau field i mean so storied so incredible um Let's see here. Soldier Field a little earlier. What, 1924 for Soldier Field. I've wow. been there. Um, they kind of bastardized it with those uh, renovations. It looks like you're sitting in a big UFO now. Yeah.
1: Like, and, it's, I mean, it's still cool in its own way, but... You, the old columns are there and everything, but, yeah, it's a totally different stadium. Yeah. They effed they that up.
0: And, you know, going into it, like, Lambeau's so cool... As imagine Jeff Halfley, he's talking about his drive to work every morning now. Of you know the the mecca of football, mm-hmm. you're in the middle of of like any town USA in America. You're right there in old timey suburbia of uh, you know Wisconsin, and there's a supper club right next to it. Everyone lives around it. There's no like crazy gaudy apartment complexes that you see downtown Madison now. You're right there, smack dab, and just old uh, timey old timey like Midwestern USA. Soldier Field, you go there, you're stuck in freaking traffic for like an hour going at a snail's pace around all these skyscrapers. And, and then you kind of sneak into this parking lot and you look into this UFO like you've bastardized Soldier Field in a way. But Lambeau Field, 1957, uh, you know, holds the title as the oldest stadium originally constructed for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it is so freaking cool. So from Jeff Hathaway saying it was hard to you know leave Boston College, but to go to a Lambeau Field in Green Bay is absolutely special and incredible. Very excited about the guy. But the question is, RJ, you can get you can be a really good person on the podium. Oh yeah. But what happens? What happens week one when you get out there? So Jeff Halfley um, looks like Matt Lafleur kind of talks like Matt Lafleur. Uh, Jeff Halfley even yesterday the uh, the presser said he even has the same height as Matt Lafleur. Well, I don't know if we got a, like a Lafleur clone. Halfley's got this he's got this look to him. He's got this polished manicured look that Matt Lafleur does. But a fiery guy on the podium. Excited to get to the. Um, uh, the pressure for you guys. Right. As uh he was it was a long one. Then Matt LaFleur spoke and you know he was talking about, you know, a four three to a three four. doesn't really care. It didn't really you know, it wasn't about um the, you know what kind of scheme he runs just if the fit was good. And so, you know, Halfley going back to uh kind of the opposite of Dom Capers. Or I'm um, sorry, the opposite of Joe Barry and going back to what Dom Capers and Mike Patton ran before him. So I don't know, RJ. Mm-hmm. Hope Springs eternal for uh the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And Jeff Halfley. Hey. Hope springs eternal for and, that one,
1: like like you said, and you've said multiple times. I mean, there's only so much time until he becomes the most hated man in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't want Jim Leonard to be, you know, uh, DC when um, he was the first choice over Joe Barry. It's like no matter what,
0: uh, as much and as cool as Halfley seems right now, and as fiery and you know, like you're excited for it, there will be a time eventually when the mob shifts and you'll say fire Halfley. Oh yeah, it'll happen after game one. <laughs> the first drive, um, if the uh, the opposing team scores, it'll be like ah, this, even a field goal. This Halfley guy, I don't. What do we got going on here? I don't know about this Halfley guy. I'm not sure about him. Yeah, even a field goal. It's like, man, really? You just gave that up? <laughs> so you know, we'll get into the sights and sounds of Halfley and. um Uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, unfortunately, wasn't in yesterday to play his presser. Uh, Some cool stuff coming up from Woody. We'll we'll get to that. And um, also, Brew Spring Training with uh, the Hope we were talking about, Spring and Eternal. Brew Spring Training, Gary Sanchez finalized as well. And um, uh, off the beaten path story, did you see the new jerseys, the Fanatics
1: jerseys? What is going on? I mean, those are, if you haven't seen it, those are awful. They're Um, see-through. See-through. The lettering isn't lined up. They're like, I mean, terrible fabric. I can't remember. Did we talk about though? Um,
0: oh, like I think we did off air with um, their, the the letters their, being yeah. off,
1: and then their Twitter account or the numbers, the numbers being not aligned on the their, jerseys. Their Twitter account responded to <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, Seattle. We'll get to, we'll, we'll
0: get to that. <laughs> so the fanatics have taken over the jerseys from Major League Baseball. It is absolutely terrible. It is awful. Um, you can, they're see through pants. There it is. Yeah. You you can, you can see through it. It's, yeah. It's got to be kind of embarrassing and obviously revealing, uh, for the players out there. Yikes. But, uh, Fanatics, what are you doing? All right. Milwaukee Bucks. Finally, All Star break is over. Back at it tonight. They're already in Minnesota taking the T Wolves. Nine o'clock tip. No Chris Middleton. He's nursing an ankle injury. RJ, you had, um, a conspiracy theory. I don't think we got to it when you said it to me off air. about we? the Bucks? Oh, yeah. I
1: don't think we did.
0: The Bucks couldn't help themselves over the All Star break. Well, you thought it was going to be good if Damian Lillard won the uh, three point contest and the MVP of the All Star game. I know mean, it's whatever, maybe a confidence builder. But then all of these podcasts with Doc Rivers, like, uh, basically questioning the management and why he was hired when he was hired and uh, asking why they did what they did. And you had, uh, you know, Dame Time, Damian Lillard, you know, not including any Bucks players on his. Um, on his top five that he would play with. And you had Pat Beverly attacking JJ Reddick, and JJ Redick's attacking, you know, Doc Rivers. And then you have um, uh, people trying to drag Giannis Dinakumbo's name through the mud when mm-hmm. Giannis said that he didn't want to be the face of the NBA. All he wants to focus is on winning a championship. And then people like trying to attack Giannis because Giannis was joking around how he doesn't watch film, even though it was a joke. And then like Michelle Beadle, Chandler Parsons, and uh, I forget the other pundit. Or like saying how Giannis never even won anything, not even a championship, which the Bucs did win a championship. Yeah, it was a very bizarre week.
1: Happened. RJ, you had a what was your conspiracy theory on the Bucs? Um <laughs> this is all happening. Well, first I think it's kinda like uh when the younger Mr. Dennett brought in Jean Luc Richard. <laughs> right? Was that his name? I think so, yeah. To uh be the third car. Uh, the uh, Dennett Racing Team from the Talladega Knights. Yeah, um, he brought it to bring down Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA right now is forcing the smallest market in the NBA into a total collapse, so that finally Giannis asks to leave Milwaukee. Well, also, I think your conspiracy theory has a little credence, R.J., because
0: now, you know, when they built the Pfizer form, one of the things they were talking about was that the Pfizer form was going to get, or Milwaukee, was going to get an all-star game. Uh And now, uh, Adam Silver, the NBA's commissioner, has come out, and they've upped their requirements to what it takes to host an all-star game. Yep. And putting more jeopardy in it for uh, Milwaukee to ever host one. So you need even more infrastructure, like hotel rooms, Yeah, Uh, 7,250 hotel rooms and a minimum of three five star hotels, a convention center of 650,000 square feet of exhibition space, 75 nonstop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights. And people are like, well, you're continuing on to make it harder and harder for Milwaukee to get this when you could have hosted the DNC because they had that. They're going to host the RNC. Yep. So you have all these big time events coming to Milwaukee. Yet now the NBA has changed its requirements to host an All-Star game, therefore making it harder for Milwaukee to do so, the smallest market in the NBA. Right. Again, trying to – do you with the conspiracy theory that you have, do you abide by the NBA not wanting a small market like the Milwaukee Bucks to succeed? Because the Lakers stink right now. The Knicks are
1: okay. But I know that the Bulls stink. Nobody wants – Outside of let's say the Green Bay Packers, in sports, nobody wants the small markets to succeed. Because you get less viewership mm-hmm. on on things. Like I the Packers are different because I mean they have a fan base like they're huge. They're, they're real America's team. Yes. Um that's why they might be playing in Brazil against the Eagles week one. It's also why it took so long for them to play a foreign soil game Mm -hmm. because nobody wanted to give up the revenue that they'd have by the Green Bay Packers coming to town. You know? Mm -hmm. So, but, yeah, is it a money move? Is, like, no matter what, All-Star Game Weekend's going to make you money. No matter where you are. It brings in huge cash. Um, Milwaukee has the infrastructure to host this. I don't know how many hotel rooms they have, but... I bet it'd, it'd be around seven thousand. Um, five star hotels. How many? How many places actually have that many five star hotels? You're gonna have a bunch
0: of these uh, politicians come and stay in the Fister. Why can't? Why can't? Yeah. Why can't some of these uh, NBA guys go stay the Fister? Nah, I mean, it's haunted. One of, the, one of the wings is haunted. Yeah, but the NBA gets what? Milwaukee new arena, the Kings, uh, Oklahoma City to get new arenas. Dangle that little carrot of an all-star game in front of them, and then they implement changes. Yeah,
1: And then they're like, ha, ha, ha. Like, oh, you. sorry.
0: You, you need to build more around
2: it. Sorry. We're, we're sorry.
0: Oopsies. Let's go to the phones. Line one. Good
2: morning. Who do we got? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Corey. What's up, Corey? Cloud9. Not nine. too much. Living the dream, RJ, or or are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. <laughs> so wanted to make sure which one it was.
2: So I wanted to start off giving a shout-out to... Uh, to my father in law and finishing his twentieth birthbinder yesterday. Oh up and, nice. Yep. Hell yeah. They had a he was up there for nine days straight helping um I don't know nobody really cares about this, we but care. I'm gonna share it anyways. We care sure. we care, Cory. we care. So they made a whole bleep ton of snow up there back in like mid January, like two football fields worse, and he was an old operating engineer, so he went up there and helped do all the piston bullies, smoothing it out and stuff, so they have, like, just a track, and they ran like 30 kilometers cross-country skiing on it, so. Yeah, okay. Now he's off to Florida for the next two months, that's the retired life. Yeah, both. there you so go. That's you got to work towards. Good on now him, man. Taking, taking the transit van down there with the old, uh, paddle boards and bikes, so. Oh, heaven! life. I'm jealous. Hell yeah. Each two months? Oof. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, when you were talking about, uh, Craig Clownsville before, <laughs> <laughs> Using, I got a touch of the virus. Yeah, it's going there. around. The bioweapon's going around, yeah. Well, the bioweapon people are probably the ones that shut down AT&T <laughs> yesterday, I mean, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> so, um, console, and all will let you guys get going. Not That's either. like, uh, yesterday I was listening to, to the guy after you, Billy Mike's so when he was talking about, Molly like, oh, goal I think he was just trying to stir up trouble because he was talking to Grant and he knew how to push his buttons, but he's like, <laughs> you know, he said he wanted to raise the money for, or raise the, you know, he looks at himself as a player, so like he wanted to do the same thing for managers by raising their pay rates, and I'm thinking to myself That is the biggest load of BS. You must think I must fell off the turnip truck last night. That is the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Right. It's the biggest load of BS I've ever heard in my life. And then us thinking that we would be cheering for the guy. Journal Sentinel is a trash. That's a fish wrap at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fish wrap down there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an opinion like, piece, so he doesn't work there. They just printed it. They didn't have yeah, to. Well, well they you know, know what they're doing.
2: I think, you know, you look at what Sports Illustrated was doing. Maybe they had AI write the story for yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they just made up a name. I mean, like you said, you will like, does that name even sound real? It doesn't really
0: sound
2: <laughs> like it's real. No. And so I guess my point overall is that, you know, did the loyal or did the the – Patriots cheer for the British after Benedict Arnold
3: <laughs> switched sides.
2: <laughs> that SOB, and for the uninitiated, he was trying to sell the plans so of West Point to the British. Major Andre got captured from the British by three good young men, yeah. got his ass hung from a tree branch. <laughs> but that SOB Benedict got away and lived out the rest of his life in shame yep. in London for yep. being able to return to America. I think right and now, the, Bob... And that's what Clownsville should be getting to. He yep. should never be able to come back to this town. Yep. And then getting, you know, fitted and everything like that at Miller Park. <clears throat> I'll go there and maybe throw some pretzels at him like in The Simpsons, where it's like the pretzel <laughs> thing, you know? Crystal night for Marge Simpson, but I ain't going to go cheer for that guy. <laughs> no. And that's a really deep cut. So.
0: That is a, that's a good one, too. Uh, I Eventually got with the mob. Hey, Craig Council yeah. would have stopped Paul Revere from telling the British are coming. Or Craig Council yeah. would have got on that and said the British aren't coming. The British aren't
2: coming. Yeah. He would have been like the anti-Paul Revere. and Like, hey, <laughs> okay, let's sit down and have a talk about, like, the metrics of this Porsche you're using. Yeah. Really Here's a- the analytics it's, of why we should let the British come in. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the chances we have of winning this award. They're not that great, yeah. really. You let's, know, Let's, let's accept only the tax. We, that don't, supporting
0: we need taxation without representation, okay? Just think yep. about it, right? Think of the analytics. We need, our,
2: <clears throat> we need our tea. Mm. So, yeah. But anyways, that's my uh, that's diatribe funny. for the morning. I love so it, Cor. I got to get back to not talking to him. Hey,
0: you feel better, buddy, okay? The virus. The, all right. The virus. Hey, a good weekend. You too, right, See you, buddy. <laughs> the bio weapon. The virus. The virus. Yeah, I'm trying to decide: would, would Craig Council now stop Paul Revere, or would he have uh, been an anti-reverse Paul Revere and shouted out, "Let's all talk about it." The British are coming, but I got analytics of why it's a good thing. <laughs> Boys, let's just sit down and hear me out. Hear me out. Let's
1: not fight them. Let's pull our troops out early. And let this Let him just walk in Let him walk in Let him tax us without representation, guys It'll be okay
0: That's what That's
1: (laughs) You know what? Tea's good Tea's great,
0: boys Okay Oh, yeah Happy Friday Welcome back in Was uh, very thankful That this guy was able to maneuver a little bit here Obviously, I was off yesterday Not willingly Just didn't have a voice so I texted my guy, Rob. I'm like, yo, Robbie, I got to take off. Will you mind coming down Friday day 20? And Robby said, hell yeah, our guy Rob Reichel. Robbie, thank you so much. What's up, bro?
4: Evo, anything for you. You know that.
0: You the man, Rob. Yeah, I just couldn't do it yesterday, man. You would have been talking to, you wouldn't even be able to understand me if words did come out. So I just had to do a little rest, relaxation, and uh, kick ass today with you, man. Feels good on a Friday. Feeling good. And
4: Rob. Well- hey, yeah. Well, Evo, well, you, 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 you know how I can fill time. So, you know, even if you. Even if you were struggling yesterday, you, you could have thrown, like, one question by me, and I, I could have went, like, 17 minutes, and it would have filled the segment.
0: Oh, I know, Robbie. You are a fountain of Packers knowledge, man. But it was nice, though, because <laughs> it gave us a little something. Because yesterday it was the introductory press conference of new Packers DC, Jeff Halfley. So we have that to talk about, Robbie, and this kind of, like, lull in the NFL. I know at Forbes.com, a great publication you write for, you had a bunch of, uh, you know, biggest takeaways for Jeff Halfley, but what did you think of uh, Halfley up there on the podium? just right there talking about how he's in awe of the hallowed grounds of Lambeau Field.
4: Well, let's say this, Evo. He he probably won the press conference, right? And and I and I got a number of texts last night from you know goofball friends of mine packer nuts <laughs> who who went on and on about how impressed they were with Halfley at the podium. And I and 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 I hate to be the buzzkill, but but you know me. I'm I'm the grumpy old man get off my lawn guy. And, and my first thought to them was no no one has ever you know won a football game based on winning a press conference, right? No, nobody, <laughs> nobody has ever stopped the 49ers on a game-winning drive with the season on the line based on what they said February 22nd. So <laughs> Halfley was undoubtedly impressive yesterday, Evo, at the podium. Whoop-de-doo, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is the worst coach in the history of the NFL at the podium, and he's arguably the best coach in the history of the league, right? Marshawn Lynch was the worst NFL player for a seven-year window at the podium, and he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. So just because you're eloquent one day at the podium doesn't make you a hit on the field. Now, a lot of what he said probably should and will have Packer fans excited, right? He will a little more press coverage or a lot more press coverage. Out of his corners, one of the biggest complaints about Joe Barry is he played so much off coverage, um, in, and and then let you know let, let his corners come up and, may, and make tackles or at least try to make tackles. They will they will they will go a lot you know more press um, on the outside with, with, with the corners in the in the in the scheme. Evil the the switch to the four or three should excite you know some people. They you know Green Bay has been porous against the run since Matt Lafleur showed up. I I think they're absolutely dead last Evo in the league between 2019 and 2023 in terms of yards per carry allowed on the defensive side of the football. They'll be bigger up front, obviously, in a 4-3. You know, the 4-3 gives Quay Walker a chance probably to to run and cover more ground rather than being boxed in. So I'm sure internally they think they can take advantage of his unique skill set and turn him into... You know, and maybe the Pro Bowl linebacker they anticipated when they when they drafted him drafted him a couple of years ago in round one, rather than the mediocre starting linebacker that he's been. And and then you're gonna you know you're gonna see a much different look, Ebo out of the safeties. Joe Barry played so much cover two with the safeties deep, you know, preventing deep you know deep plays over the middle, um, or or just you know the 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 big plays in general. Green Bay is going to have one safety closer to the line of scrimmage, one in back. I would assume they'll probably have two new starting safeties a year from now, Evo, um, after, you know, they hit probably, you know, pick one up in all likelihood in free agency and then draft. Another one I would assume relatively high. I don't think you'll, you know, see Savage or, or Ford or, or Owens or those guys probably come back, Evo, unless it's a little bit of a surprise. I, 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 would, I wouldn't be shocked if all three are gone. Uh, so the safety play is going to look a lot different. Evo, at the end of the day, it might wind up looking a lot like the San Francisco 49er defense, which has been really good. I mean, they've obviously got better personnel out in San Francisco than Green Bay does, but straight, straight up scheme-wise, it's probably going to look more like San Francisco than than anybody in, in, the, in the league, Evo, where they, they try to make things simple on, on guys, let them run around and make plays rather than, rather than overthinking some things. And, um, you know, so from that side of things, I, I would say Evo Halfley was certainly impressive in terms of outlining what he wants and, and what his scheme is gonna eventually look
0: like. Now Rob was switching that four three defense and I know Halfley talked about, you know, a, a lot more, you know, press man coverage, but he also said he believes many of the pieces he needs are already in house. You believe that or will the Packers be heavy again defensively for the draft?
4: Yeah, I think defense is still gonna although they do have some significant needs on offense too, Evo, they're gonna have to get a couple running backs. You know, they're going to have to get a couple of offensive linemen because I would assume Bakhtiari, Josh Nijman and, 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 and Royce Newman, for example, and John Runyon could all be gone. So they're going to have to bolster the depth on the offensive line. They have 11 picks right now. You know, Ibo, I think at the end of the day, it's maybe 7-4 to four or 6-5 to five leading, leading toward defense. They're going to pick up a couple of safeties. They're going to need another starting inside linebacker uh, in, the, in this switch to the 4-3 because I don't expect Devondre Campbell. To be back when we talk about the Packers starting to clear salary cap room, Evo, as we head to the new league year here in about three weeks, and they're going to want to free up some money, I think, to be aggressive a little bit in free agency. They can get twenty one million roughly with Bakhtiari. Diari. They they can pick up another three and a half by moving on from from Devondre Campbell. They can pick up a million and a half from moving on from Royce Newman. They can restructure a couple of contracts like Jair's or or Kenny Clark's or somebody like that. But back to you know strictly to your question, Evo about you know, the, the in-house personnel, I think they'll have an outstanding tackle combination with Slayton and Clark right out of the shoot. The outside linebackers are, are big men in general. you 275, 280 pounds. When, when we talk about Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and, and Lucas Van Ness, you know, the guys that'll put their hand in the ground now and inside the 4-3 instead of stand up uh, and play on the outside as 3-4. So I, I think they've got... Some really interesting pieces and, and really good pieces, Ebo, to work with up front. I, I'm not exactly sure where Devontae Wyatt fits into that mix. He's, he's kind of an odd weight at 295, 300 pounds to kind of fit in that in that four three. So we'll see what they do with him. That's a little bit of a question. They're thin, I think, Ebo at, at, at linebacker. They'll address that in the draft, and then they're really thin in the back end if they move on from the majority of those safeties we've talked about. Um, I don't think Ebo they can bank on on Eric Stokes whatsoever. He, he, Valentine showed a little bit last year, but you know they're, they're going to be looking for another corner to to pair with Jair Alexander. So they're, they're going to need at least a couple of corners and a safety out of the draft. Ebo, a couple of linebackers. You can never have enough depth up front. So um, I, I think he does have some nice pieces to start with. Halfly, that is Ebo. When when you talk about this transition from a three four to a four three, but it's going to be a work in progress too, and 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 they're going to have to change some personnel when, when, when it's all said and done. I, I you know I would I would think they have you know three four five new starters on the defensive side of the ball versus what they finished with to end the year out in 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 San Francisco, Ebo, and and when it's all said and done, um, you know the the defense next year, Ebo, could be a lot like the offense was this year, where the first half of the year is a work in progress and, and they really kind of find their groove and start playing good football from about November on. And that's just what the offense did this year, you know, under, under LaFleur with all, the, all those young guys. I could see something similar similar happening next year. Uh, you know, with, with with Green Bay on the defensive side of the ball and Halfley.
0: Now, Rob, you said his name a couple of times. I wanted to get your take on it. He had tweeted out a couple of days ago that he got really good news from his doctor. Uh, that would be, you know, you know, the left tackle David Bakhtiari. Is he a potential salary cap casualty coming up, or is uh, with the good news coming out from the medical staff? I know we've done the same song and dance with him many times. The Packers keep him, or is he not no. long for this Packers world?
4: No, no, he he's he's, he's as good as gone, Evo. I mean it. And really it's money as much as it is injury. But I mean it's injury first and foremost. Yeah. I, I get you know, I, I guess. You know, they I mean, Evo, they're five million over the cap right now. When you factor in they're gonna have to sign draft picks, they're nine or ten million over and they wanna be active in free agency, and they can be active in free agency if they make a few of these cap adjusting type moves. And I mean, Evil I I would argue at the end of last season, Evo, they were as good as anybody in the NFC. Um, you know, put the coin between them and the Lions and the 49ers. And, you know, a ball balls is a different way. Any of those three teams could have, you know, gone on and, 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 and played in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Darnell Savage makes an interception early in that, in that 49er game. And, and that could have turned out in a similar fashion to, to how the Cowboy game turned out the previous week. They Green Green had a chance to, you know, put its foot on, on San Francisco's collective throat and, and failed to do so. Evo uh, with, with by not making a couple of big plays early in that game, they they are close, Ibo, uh, you know, to to being in a Super Bowl right now. Their their window is wide open with this group, and and my point with all that evil is they did it last year without David Bottieri. Yeah. Um you know, Rashid Walker struggled a little bit early. He eventually gave up some time to Josh at, at, at left tackle, but by the end of the year, he had reclaimed that job. Evo, and is is he going to be an elite Pro Bowl left tackle? absolutely not um will they will they draft one early to compete and maybe win that job probably um evil. but if they have to go another season and and, and play Rasheed Walker at left tackle I, I think they showed last year you know he's good enough ebo to hold up against some of the elite you know pass rushing defenses uh, or you know, that, that 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 they will see like like they did against the 49ers in the playoffs or certainly he more than held his own against Dallas the, the previous week he was he was pretty good at the end of the year. Um, really the last four or five games, he reclaimed that starting job, Evo, uh, the last, the last month of the season and, 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 and got better and better as the year went on. So, you know, specifically back to Bakhtiari, Evo, when, when you can pick up $21 million against, against the cap, which Green Bay can do, and you move on from a guy, Evo, out of the last 57 games the Packers have played, you know how many Bakhtiari has played?
0: Uh, I know he was uh, Week One against the Bears, but he flicked him off.
4: Yeah, just just take a random guess. Fifty-seven, uh, the, the last fifty-seven football games. So we're talking what, roughly three and a half seasons, three and a quarter. Give
0: me six.
4: He's played thirteen. I mean, it's it's a <laughs> remarkably low number. I mean, yeah, you're right. you're right in the ballpark. I mean, it, it, it's crazy, you know. And they and let's be honest, they have played pretty good football through the course of that. Is is David Bakhtiari a Packer Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Is David Bakhtiari a guy? who would have gone to the NFL hall of fame if he hadn't, uh, screwed up his day, if his D hadn't been screwed up on, on Christmas Eve of 2020, God, I would man. say the chances were better than 50, 50, but he was trending in that way. He was the dominant left tackle in football, along with San Francisco's Trent Williams for a, you know, a five-year window there. And, and Joe Thomas in Cleveland, they were the elite left tackles in football. And, and we all know that's a marquee, marquee position in that league. So, um, you know, you, you feel bad, Bakhtiari's not a, he's, he's a good guy, Evo. I think he's worked hard, he's had some bad luck,
0: Yeah, he's bad luck.
4: Stuff has come and, and bit him in the backside, Um, you know, but, but he's not long for Green Bay, Evo. I, I would say, you know, just, just knowing the history and the relationship, no. he looks like the perfect New York Jet to me, <laughs> and, and he will he will try to keep Aaron Rodgers clean
0: next season. Hey Rob, uh, Packers something they don't do is uh, franchise tag anyone. Hell, it was Devontae, Then they traded him before that. But <laughs> 2010 was Ryan Pickett. Um, I don't think anyone's getting tagged up. You know this go around, uh, could we see the likes of like a Darnell Savage come back to the Green Bay Packers on a cheaper deal potentially? And would you uh, would Packer fans want that?
4: You know, honestly, well, you know, you would hope inside the front office, Brian Gutekunst and his people don't give a damn what Packer fans want, right? Yeah. Who cares, right? I mean, Ron Wolf always used to say, as soon as I start listening to the fans, I'm going to become one. It was one of his best lines of, of 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 all time. So, you know, the bottom line is, do the Packers want him back? I don't know, Evo. I, I would classify his five year career at this point in time as very disappointing. Certainly started strong. Um, and was pretty good his first, you know, year, year and a half, but he really tailed off, you know, was, was, was really bad in years three and four, I would say. Bounced back a little bit this year. Had a memorable play against Dallas. Well, you know, we're never going to forget that one. Um, and then had a chance to do the exact same thing in terms of a second pick six and, in, in you know, in back to back weeks against San Francisco and dropped the ball. And that's kind of the story of Darnell Savage's career. All this potential and he never fully lived up to it. Um, you know, at, at least in Green Bay. Uh, now, again, when Halfley breaks down the tape, when Halfley looks at, you know, how Savage gets his scheme, maybe he has a different opinion in terms of, you know, what Joe Barry would have had or the past staff would have had. But, Evo, I, I think they're going to have, per, you know, personally my opinion, is they're going to have two starting new safeties next year. I think they're going to go get one in free agency that fits what Halfley wants to do, you know, whether whether that's the guy closer to the line of scrimmage in the box or the guy in the back half. And then they're going to draft one again. You know, they have, they have five picks, Evo, in the first three rounds. They have, I want to say, you know, three in the first, what, 50 or 52 picks or something like that. They can go and get a safety high. I mean, I, I think they're going to get a left tackle, a corner, and a safety among those first three picks. Maybe an inside linebacker, too, I guess, is a is a position in need. Um, but they will address safety high. You remember back in 2019, Evo, when when they redid the safety, They were so bad at safety in 18. And then in 19, they signed Adrian Amos in free agency, and they drafted Darnell Savage uh, in in round one. Savage was actually the first defensive back drafted that year, corner or safety. It wouldn't shock me if they did something exactly like that this offseason in terms of putting together a safety pair that Halfley's going to be happy with. Find one in free agency, draft one extremely high, and when they kick off the season you know the first week of September, that's what they run back. So I I would say, Evo, the odds of, of Savage being that guy, that veteran, to maybe pair with a rookie are pretty slim at this point in time. Can they go out and sign a guy as good as Antoine Winfield or something like that from Tampa Bay? I don't know that they'll have that kind of money or want to spend that kind of money, Evo, on the safety position. But I do think they're going to hit. You know, I, I do think they're going to hit that position pretty hard and, and pay a guy a decent amount of money to, to, to come to Green Bay. I just don't think that guy is going to be Darnell Savage.
0: Rob, uh, we'll check your workout. Awesome stuff at Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. Before this you go, though, it's uh, something I love to do with you every week is to get you the vibe check on the Wisconsin Badgers. Obviously, uh, they got that win over Maryland Tuesday night. And then uh, we got to wait till next Tuesday when they go to Indiana to take on the Hoosiers. Uh, Carter Gilmore never sniffed the court at all. Badgers, uh, a huge dunk by A.J. Stoller to start the game, and then a big three by Max Klesman near the end of the game and had to hang on. What did Rob Reichel think of the win over uh, Maryland, and what do you think of uh, them moving forward here, four games left in the schedule? Is their season still
4: going, Evo? It is,
0: Rob. It is. They just got a win, buddy. Come on. Come on. They got a win, Rob. We're back in the win column. I
4: I I am just yeah, great. They're, they're yeah, great. Two and, two and six in their last eight. <laughs> two Boy, and three.
0: They're two they're two and three, Rob. They're,
4: they're two last. and six in their last eight, aren't they? did <laughs> they have a four game losing streak and now they've won two out of four. But <laughs> what if, you know, let's let, let, let let's throw a parade on State Street. I Evo, I don't have a good feel. I mean, this I mean that they had to grind one out an ugly win right against against a very average Maryland team. They they choked one away a few days earlier in, in Iowa. Does this feel like a team to you that has a, has a We all know the NCAA tournament is all about Rob, the, It's so going to be
0: crazy great. this year for March Madness. All the teams, the big teams are going down. They're all going. Everyone's yeah. losing.
4: We, 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 we shall see. Wisconsin's been losing though for a month straight. I, you know, Purdue, Purdue loses here and there, Evo. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too stoked about it. I just, again, I, I, I get it. The tournament's all about matchups and hey, Bucky could draw a couple of really good opponents in terms of, of teams they can go and attack and, and their style is, is really matches up well against Evo. But the way they've played the last month, they're going the wrong direction. We know that this does not feel to me. Like a team capable of making a run to the Sweet 16, I certainly hope I'm wrong. Uh, but the way things have trended, Evo, the, the last month, you know, they're feeling like a what, a six, or seven seed, something like that. Where you know, a month ago, we were talking about a two, three seed. Obviously, the path there is dramatically easier than than where they're headed right now. I'd like them to close the season strong, but the schedule doesn't. It's not overly forgiving from here on out, right? With Illinois and Purdue still on hey,
0: um, Illinois top, just lost. Top, like Illinois that. just lost.
4: A Lot of people are gonna lose Evo. The problem is the, the, the Badgers are losing more than most of them. So <laughs> i I I I d I, I know you're I know you're trying to get people fired up, Evo, and until, until until they have a you know, until they beat another high level team, I guess I'm 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 in the wait and see mode, but I can <laughs> I, I, I don't I, I don't have a very good feel other than the fact let's hope Greg Gard is wised up to the fact he cannot keep playing Division Three Carter Gilmore at the Division One level, and he might have learned his lesson in Iowa. And 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 hopefully that was the end of the Gilmore minutes as a Wisconsin Badger
0: starting on Tuesday night uh, against Maryland. I love you, Robbie. I love you. Have a good weekend, brother. Always a pleasure, my man. But well, speaking of uh, Jeff Halfley, you know, he's talking about coming to Green Bay, how it's uh, finally like you know, come into his mind that this is real. Well, then he talks about, you know, bouncing between the NFL and college football. You know, what is his real identity? And that's what we're all kind of wondering, like, what's your real identity? Now, you're not going to see it until they start playing games, obviously. But he talks, what is his real identity as a coach in between college and NFL?
5: Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the NFL, right? And then I went to Ohio State. And the big knock on me when I went to Ohio State was this is an NFL guy. He he can't coach in college, right? So. The things I believe in defense or whether you're playing three four four three press man which I do love zone coverage vision and break quarters match I mean it comes down to can you can you take your players who you have and put them in the best position to succeed and can you take your players and maximize their ability like every player wants to get better and that's our job to do our job is to put the players in the best position to succeed and make plays and that's through scheme right people can say that a lot of the scheme is simpler but it's it's very detailed we try to make it simple for the players so they can play fast so they don't have to think so they can be confident and not be afraid to make mistakes so i can get them the information we can get them the information that they need so they can go out there and be fearless and play with their hair on fire and just run and hit and cover and get off blocks and tackle i mean that's the beauty of the scheme and we got guys that can press, let's line up and get our hands on people. I mean, I think that's really important. You get a guy who can play his zone third, who can read two to one, I mean, let's do it and go get the ball. I mean, I've been around, like Richard Sherman, who was as good as anybody to ever play the game at that. And then I've been around some of the best press corners that have ever played the game, guys like Darrell Revis and a lot of really good guys. So, you know, as we really piece this together, and, and I'm sure you know right now, and we're, we're watching it, we're, we're putting it together as a staff, Um, But those core beliefs aren't going to change. That's how we're going to play. And our players should be excited about that. Um, And I'm excited about that as a coach.
0: Yeah, Halfley going to be running that 4-3 defense. Also loves, and you just heard it there, uh, his corners to play press man coverage. And he is uh, bringing in more of a fiery approach, I would say, according to him. But also, he was asked this, on the 2023 Packers defense, what were they like under Joe Barry? Good answer from Halfley here.
5: I I think they did a lot of good things. Um, and I, I think they played a lot of good defense in a lot of games, and I have respect for everybody that was on that staff and all the guys that were on the field. Um, for me right now, it's about moving forward, and as this thing gets going, try to improve it, and that's that's really where my head's at right now.
0: Yeah, Packers are going to have a lot of picks, too, coming up in the draft. Um, they do need some pieces on offense, but you wonder how much heavily they're going to invest on defense, like they've been doing every single draft. Now, for Halfley, though, at Boston College, won 22 and 26 during his four seasons with the Eagles, including a nine and 15 mark the last two years. He was asked though, how does he know what worked defensively at Boston college will work in the NFL for our green Bay Packers? Well, it's
5: going to be a little bit different than we did at BC at BC. You had to worry about quarterback pulling the ball and running every single play. So I had to, when I went back, I had to adapt to that because I remember going back from when I was in San Francisco, and all of a sudden the quarterback was running the ball every play, I was like, whoa, this is a little bit different, right? So you gotta watch the film, you gotta adjust. Um, I paid very close attention to the NFL. A lot of times at night I turn on film and watch what very similar people, a lot of close friends I have on defense were doing, and I've stayed up to date on a lot of it. But then we've got a great staff. I mean, we've got, you know, Derek Ansley, who's just the coordinator of the Chargers, Anthony Campanelli, who I think is a star. I think he's gonna bring energy. I think he is a brilliant football coach. We've obviously kept Rebs, who I think did a really good job here. We've moved him to the D line. I brought Vince Ogabasi; who was my assistant D line coach. Um, he was with us in San Francisco as well, so he's been part of a very similar scheme, and he's a guy that I really trust. Um, and then Ryan Downer was actually a quality control coach when I was with the Browns—totally different system, right? And that's the other thing—I've been a part of. I've been a part of a lot of different defenses, and again, it goes back to what are the what is what is this team going to be able to do best? To allow us to win games. And whether those ideas come from the staff and we all put it together, I mean, that's, that's how I'm going to do it here. You know, I've been a head coach now, and I think that's helped me, and I think that, would be a, I think that will help me be a better assistant. I think it will help me be a better coordinator because I'm more open to ideas now because I don't care whose idea it is. If it's the best idea and it's going to help us win games, then that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're in the process of doing now is we piece it all together.
0: Well, what if Jair Alexander comes up to you and said, hey, man, Joe Barry didn't let me do this. Can I shadow Justin Jefferson or the number one wide receiver every single game? Well, half would be like, hell yeah, dude. That's a really good idea. I mean, you're Jair Alexander. Now, when Rob Reichel joined us earlier today, Robbie was saying that uh, this Packers defense under Halfley going to be more aggressive, kind of like the 49ers. And Halfley did work with the 49ers. And he was asked about it. You know, you were for the 49ers aggressive defense. And then you, uh, with the Jets under Mike Pettin for a more prevent defense, where do you, Jeff Hathley, fit between them?
5: I think that's a great question. I think there's down distances where you got to get exotic and you have to get after people and you have to pressure the quarterback. you got to get guys that can rush and you got to get guys that can cover, but you have to get after the quarterback. I think there's down distances, situations where not as much pressure, um, but when you, get, when you get a chance to get after the quarterback, you have to. Um, so I think there's a very fine line of that. And as we build this thing, I think you're going to see some things that look a little bit more exotic. And then there's sometimes we look simpler. Uh, I think that's the key to all of this.
0: And then for Halfley, he was talking about um, learning and teaching, teaching the young guys, but also learning from the veteran players. Halfley talks more about that and how it works for him.
5: Yeah, I think, there has to be great communication, but I I think first there has to be great relationships, right? I mean, these guys aren't just going to trust me when I walk into a room because I'm the defensive coordinator. I have to earn that from them, and they have to earn it from me. And then I think once you establish that trust and you develop a relationship, then you can have hard conversations. I I have said it before. I mean, I I picked Rondé Barber's brain on how to play nickel, and I learned more from him than any coach I've ever been around. He's probably one of the best nickels he probably is the best nickel would ever play the game in that scheme so why wouldn't I ask him those questions right it's the same with Sherm and, and I've talked to Sherm quite a bit uh, as I've already taken this job because I have a great relationship with him but but I'm a coach and he's in the room and I get there and I'm learning the scheme and he's seen three in a way that instead of saying him on the field no this is the way to do it it's like wait a minute what'd you see there and why'd you do that right and then sometimes it was no I do it like this but then sometimes it was all right I got it and I'm going to teach it that way from now on, right? So there has to be some give and take, but that has to be earned. And it's it's that's very, very important to me.
0: And speaking of uh, earning respect from the players that are on the Packers right now, Halfley was asked, you know, which Packers players will he build a defense around? And has he spoken to any of the players yet? We're in the green and gold.
5: I'm excited to get my hands on a lot of these guys. And I think there's quite a few who could be cornerstones. I don't want to single anyone out now out of respect for everybody else and all the rest of the film I have to watch. And that's probably the answer you thought I was going to give. But it is what it is, right? Um, Your other question, have I talked to all the players? No, but I will. I've started to reach out. I mean, I've always been here for, I mean, the days go fast and all of a sudden it's nights. I've talked to a bunch of the players. And I'm going to continue to reach out and introduce myself as our staff is going to do as well. Um, just introduce myself and, and get to know them a little bit, get to know where they're at, families um, and that type of stuff. But but I'm definitely working through that.
0: So Halfley, you know, has been here that long. Um, in an earlier comment he was talking about while he was coaching at Boston College, he was still keeping up to date on the NFL with some of his buddies and defensive schemes that were being ran. And then he said he would put tape on at night and grind some NFL well, he was asked, how much of the tape of the Packers players have you had a chance so far to study?
5: A lot. Um, I would say that, you know, here's the beauty about being a new coach. And, you know, all of us on defense, there's a lot of new guys. I mean, we really don't have anywhere to go. I mean, I either stay here, or I go across the street to the hotel and go to sleep. So, you know, one of the hard parts is, you know, my wife and two little girls are home right now. And that's hard because I have an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old and my wife, who I haven't seen... Um, so you take advantage of that. You don't have to be home, you know. There's no one to see, so you just stay here at night and watch film. The other thing for me, guys, is, I mean, I've probably got to watch more football the last week and a half than I've gotten to watch in like four months. I mean, as a head coach in college, you're pulled in so many different directions. I mean, it, I feel like like a kid in a candy store again, just sitting there and being able to watch tape. It's probably one of the most refreshing and clear minds I've had in such a long time. Like I'm having a blast doing it.
0: Now, one of the reasons why Halfley wanted to get away from the college game, you know, he was, you know, getting tired of transfer portal, NIL, constant recruiting. Said it was hard to build a team when there's so much turnover now, where college football is heading or is now at. And Halfley, you just heard him right there. Got to watch more tape, do this, do that. But also, you know, he's got a good relationship with Matt Lafleur, and was talking about what kind of directive has Lafleur given him as to what he's looking for from the defense this year
5: that was more conversation more than a directive um you know matt knows my background while we've never worked together um he knows a lot of guys that i have worked with and he's close with a lot of guys i've worked with so we talked about what my vision would look like and what his would look like and we're on the same page with that so I, i think if you talk to him and you talk to me it's gonna look very similar
0: so just having conversations. Now, Dom Capers, when came in uh, here for Packers D.C., switched from 4-3 to 3-4, had the draft B.J. Raji, Clay Matthews, and now they, do they have enough players to go back to a 4-3 with the draft upcoming? You know, you got to get players to fit your scheme. Here's more from Halfley on, do they have enough pieces to do it?
5: I think it is more of a self-shift because once you get to 11 personnel, which is what you were saying nickel defense, which is a much higher percent right now than – say two tight ends or two backs in a game. Most teams, including here, are playing four down, four, two, five, four, three, whatever you want to call it. So it is a less change, I think, right now than it would be. And we feel good about that.
0: All right, so Halfley, there's uh, some cool moments from his presser yesterday. Now, people haven't won games for what they've said on a podium. Uh, that's for sure. But you're going to take it with a grain of salt right now because you know, you got to see what Halfley brings to the table come week one. But a lot of people are getting very excited with Halfley and his introductory press conference yesterday. Matt LaFleur also took a turn on the podium. We'll hear from him upcoming. Got to, got to pay back. Hey, pay back. A little, little lull right now in the NFL. A yeah. little lull. Packers got the decisions to make. They're not going to tag anyone for... You know, the franchise tag. They just normally never do that. What happens with, you know, David Bakhtiari? Some, yeah. Will Darnell Savage come back? What happens with A.J. Dillon? You know, some the linemen. Hey, but a- hey. Vegabond John already saying, Half this dude is so far in over his head already. Why is that? Are you just being a hater because you're the president of the Joe Berry fan club? Some madness coming out of Major League Baseball from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel running an article about why lifelong Milwaukee Brewers fans will be rooting for the Chicago Cubs this season all because Craig Council is there. In fact, one of the headlines, Craig Council will never lose this community uh, by deciding to work for people who treat him better. What? Because he is one of us. Heck, he is better than us. I'm sorry, what? He's the best of us? So you got that. I'll never cheer for the Milwaukee or I'll never cheer for the uh, Chicago Cubs because a former Milwaukee Brewers manager, Crank Council, is there. I'll cheer even harder against them. But if you guys see the new uniforms for Major League Baseball, if the lettering isn't uh, off center, it's bigger, looks a little more amateurish, is what some of the players are saying. But the pants, the new pants, is the Nike generated fanatics produce these dubbed performance jerseys. They were using last year's All Star game. Uh, many players say that there's like a you know a lighter feel to, uh, feel to it, hence the performance side of things. But have issues with the look. And if you've seen uh, the Brewers or hell any club, because their pictures are all coming out now from spring training as they uh, you know try to win the hearts and minds over social media right now, the jerseys, if the sewing isn't off or off center, like I was saying, the pants are basically see through. And you have these white pants. You can see when they tuck the jersey in, you can see uh, the little patches of the jersey underneath their pants. And some of these guys are in some very uh, interesting pictures from seeing uh, (coughs) their uh, (coughs) unmentionables, if you will. These pants are absolutely hilarious. And now, the Major League Baseball's executive or Major League Baseball's Players Association executive director, Tony Clark. He's saying it's very disappointing that we've landed in a place where the uniforms are a topic of the discussion for our players. He says each conversation with these guys is yielding more and more information with what we're seeing. Well, the more information of what you're seeing is uh <laughs> the twigs and berries. It is very it is a tough look with these new uniforms that they have out there. Again, a lot of the players are saying it looks amateurish and that the fabric is uh, creating, quote, a see-through vibe, and the fit has come into question. So Tony Clark, the executive director for the Players Association, said after visiting over a half a dozen spring camps in Arizona, he says he's getting a clearer picture of the complaints, and I think the clarity of the picture you're getting is something you don't want to see. Again, is there if you're on social media and you see some of the uh, pictures coming out, it is uh, it's, it's tough. Clark said, quote, the universal concern right now are the pants. The pants are the issue. It, it's like a wet t-shirt contest without the water. And it's not a t-shirt. It's down below. It is tough out there. And an MLB spokesperson said in a statement that adjustments are being made to uh, the jersey size, the waist, the inseam, the thigh fit, and the bottom of the pants based on all the requests from the reps to the players for fanatics to get it right before the season gets underway. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it, is, it is not good. Nike said in the statement that we always put the athlete at the center of everything we do. So we're wo- working very closely with major league baseball players, teams in the league to create a more advanced uniform. Well, right now whew, uh, I figured you have to go to only fans to pay for some of this stuff, but yeah, the players are all bitching about it. And again, just go check out some of the picks that the Brewers put up there. It is a very, very tough look. Going on for uh, the the bits and pieces, the bait and tackle on full display for free instead of having to go to OnlyFans to play for it. But so funny, man. Uh, got some comments coming up from Pat Murphy. You know, Pat Murphy taking over for Craig Council who went full Judas on us by going to the Chicago Cubs and no Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We will never be looting for the Chicago Cubs because Craig Council is better than us. That's just not happening. But Pat Murphy talks in his first spring, you know, prepping as he takes over as manager for Craig Council.
3: Uh, Feels great. No question. You know, it's it's been busy. I promise you it's been busy. Council's uh, great. He let me kind of run my own ship as the bench coach, you know what I mean? And now it's... uh Yeah, it's a little more structured, a little more, a little more involved.
0: And with the clubhouse, what's the feeling like? You got rookies being brought up, you know, you got this youth movement going on. Here's more from Murphy.
3: Uh, It's it's tremendous. That young energy, there's nothing to replace it. You know what I mean? They're sometimes they don't know which door to go out, but uh, they're uh, they're great to be around.
0: Yeah, back on the uniforms really quickly. Our guy Bobby on Twitch says MLB executive says I know how we can get more fans. Let's have see-through pants. And see more dongs. We're not talking dongers, homers. No, no, we're talking the other way around. Kinger says, just imagine rainy games coming up here with these fanatics pants. Back to the Brewers, though. South Freelich taking some time in the infield. From outfield to infield, will he be playing innings at third base? Here's Pat Murphy.
3: First day. First day. He's special, man. The kid's special. He can do it. That, that, people ask me, why is he doing it? Because he can You know, the kid... Uh, The kid can play the infield, he wants to play the infield also. It helps everything, right? Think about it. The flexibility and there's some pretty good ball clubs doing that kind of stuff with with players like that that can play both infield and outfield. And um, we got a guy that can do it. So excited about it. You know, it might be a slow process, but if anybody can do it, it's Sal.
0: So there you go. Um, there's a little shakeup happening right there. There is a log jam of talent in the outfield. So Freelick, you know, doing what he wants to do, and that's, you know, be available. Now, Freddy Peralta going to be the projected ace, obviously, in the rotation for the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, with Burns out in Baltimore now, it's Freddie Peralta's time to pick it up. Pat Murphy has asked, you know, about Peralta, fastball Freddie.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a little dicey, you know, um, but we know we got one guy that can go out there for sure. and. and and get after it and beat anybody on any given night and we got Wade Miley who you know not many guys approaching 50 can still go out there and do it (laughs) that's a joke but I'm trying to jab at him a little bit on that because he jabs at me all the time so there you go Wade I'm getting you back with those two guys and and then we'll we've got some other guys that are very very capable and you you need to stretch them out a little bit and I think I think we'll be pretty competitive there.
0: And one more for Murphy. He was talking about, you know, Wade Miley being one of the old guys. What about Reese Hoskins, you know, at age 30, coming off that injury, hoping he can bring a little pop into that uh, offense for the Milwaukee Brewers? Hoskins is also joking about how some of the Brewers players were coming up to him and saying, Hey, man, uh, when I was a kid, you were my favorite player. and Now I'm playing for you or with you. That's crazy. And Hoskins' like, Man, I'm starting to feel old. Time is starting to catch up with me. Well, Pat Murphy talks at age 30 for reese hoskins what he adds to milwaukee's young roster of players
3: he's part of our core you know you think about him and willie and yelly uh william Contreras. those four guys got some experience they're going to be in there as much as possible and then those young guys got to come in and do something they got to step up you know they got to figure it out
0: so awesome to have the clubhouse um you know a veteran clubhouse presence like reese hoskins there for the young guys and speaking of uh, a presence in the clubhouse Brandon Woodruff, the big woo. He had a lot of comments the other day about how excited he is to be back with the Brewers, doesn't have to move in the same house, and just stoked to be part of the you know rehabbing with the crew, be that calming presence. Everyone loves Woody. Especially, I guess, if you're wearing those new pants. That baseball foot out there, MLB with the Fanatics. <laughs> yeah, but Woody, uh, not probably going to be pitching in 2024. See him in 2025. A nice contract they gave him.